You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's Monday, August 10th. It, it is Monday. It's, mental, it's Monday. It means it's Mental <laughs> Health Monday. It's also Monday, which means I forgot to put up the uh, the on-air sign and stop the uh, the grandfather clock. So who knows what I mean, kind of interruptions fine. we'll have today. So doorbell will probably Happy ring. Monday. The clock will chime. It's it's going to be a fun Monday because I forgot all those things this morning because it's Monday. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun week. Uh, I have coffee. It's going to be good. <laughs> Yay! It's Mental Health Monday. We're going to check in with Dignitas Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman this morning. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Uh, how are things in your house? Are you having coffee this morning for uh, the Coffee Hour? Of course, every time, every time. But I can't drink it because then all the listeners hear me swallowing and it's embarrassing. And, you know, got to try to be professionals here. So it's permissible on the coffee hour to drink your coffee during the program. Uh, it's, it, okay, it, it's acceptable. <laughs> What's in the better. coffee cup this morning? What, what, I feel better. And I'm really excited. We're like starting a new series today. And we're really starting a whole new series this whole next few months through the end of April. So I'm really stoked about that. Wait, through the end of April? Wow, that's like really, you're planning really ahead, man. That's, that's like next year. I'm trying know, just right? to make it to the end of August, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my house, like most things operate. And because I'm in a congregation with a school too, I think, like everything operates by the school year for the most part. Our themes operate that oh, way and everything. Yes. So my blog operates that way too, mostly also because I like to take the summer off and try to spend some time with my family and, and just decompress and sometimes write a book so so that's how it works around <laughs> you know. here we start right yeah sometimes uh we start in august with a theme for the year on the blog and that sometimes that sounds nonsensical to people because it's not a year on the calendar but it is the school year if you will and that's just how it is so we're all year over at HeidiGaben.com talking about always growing this life in development, this life in development. And so we're talking about developmental theories, all kinds of different ones. We're kind of grounding ourselves in Erickson's developmental theory and what's been really great about it, what people don't know that it changed a little bit toward the end of his life. I should say he like added a lot to it. Um, I don't think it's so linear as we sometimes lay out, just different things like that. And so that might sound really exciting to some people or it might sound really boring to some people, but basically we wanna get this worldview of God valuing our entire lifespan. And I really think that that's really connects well with what the LCMS is doing with Disciples for Life and having our life lenses, if you will, so that life means more um, than just pro-life when we talk about trying to stop abortion. And those things are really important. But I think we'll get further on that when we ground ourselves in the value of life um, in many, many different ways throughout our lifespan. And so that's one thing we're doing over at HeidiGaiman.com. This month, we're starting with trust and what is trust in that first developmental stage of trust versus mistrust. And so today on the Coffee Hour, we're going to talk about trust, and then we're going to do that through the end of August. So there'll be a lot of opportunity to talk about trust. Maybe there'll be some opportunities on social media for people to send in any questions they want and things like that, too. So trust is the theme for August. So we're Today, we're starting with defining trust. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? What is trust? 
Yeah, I think one thing we want to wrap our head around is where we get our definitions from. You know, I tend to write, I just kind of started this actually in the last couple of years on my website. I tend to do a lot of research and then write a definition. Um, and I actually did this for my next book, which is coming out in March, because so, so many of them are either biblical or like psychological or sociological, there's very little overlap. And so I think that we as thinking Christians want to be able to understand that God is the author of both faith and science. You know, we say it on here all the time that anything good that is created uh, or any new ideas are from God himself. And so we want to have a biblical perspective but informed with research in sociology and psychology. You know, if it contradicts the Bible, then we're gonna throw that out. That doesn't work for us. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and there's something off in that research. But um, when it does fit, we wanna make sure we're paying attention to those things. And so I developed a couple of definitions about trust based on um, understanding that there's different kinds of trust, if you will, and especially both passive trust and then an active trust. And so I think of trust as both a noun and a verb, if you will. Um, so trust as a noun is a belief state of interpersonal connection. That's a primary word, you guys, connection, right? And growth, which includes reliability, strength of character, truth, safety, and a sense of worth. And so can you hear how that is just something we experience, that it's a belief state, it's something inside of us. And that's that developmental theory perspective that we uh, are born, there's people taking care of us and everything, and we uh, develop this sense of trust, as well as I believe, because God is the knitter of our DNA and all of that stuff, that he also knits in us this sense of trust from the very start, that we are created to be trusting human beings, because how would babies survive otherwise, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> they need to be fed, they need their diapers changed, they need all of that. And so there is this inborn sense. Now, can that be messed with by this broken world? <laughs> Absolutely, right? Um, and so people who struggle with trust, especially, I think they struggle with that sense of safety is primary, but they will always struggle with connections then and uh, community, uh, that deep knowing of one another in life together can come really rough. Uh, and so we just want to be aware of that. So that's that passive kind of sense of trust that we have inside of us. And then there's trust as a verb. And so that, that is the act of vulnerably connecting with another, which includes reliability, strength of character, truth, safety, and a sense of worth. And so it includes all the same components, but trust as a verb is something I can step forward with my feet. You know, I'm going to occasionally, for instance, in my marriage, step forward and trust when I don't feel any sense of trust. Um, now, the beauty of a place like marriage and its level of intimacy is that uh, there is oftentimes various kinds of trust, various different things that uh, feed each other to build trust. And it's not just like a, a one um, a one time thing where we uh, meet and greet each other or something like that. Instead, there's this like built level of intimacy that makes trust uh, much more multifaceted uh, and in some ways easier to get back and also uh, easier to lose because the hurt 
is so large at times. So, so that's kind of a basic overview of trust. I think it's important to remember that there's internal in our trust, but as well as external. So if you have a sensation of trust that feels warm, right? It's this safe feeling that you know that you can share a secret, for instance. Have you guys ever been in a conversation with someone and you are uh, talking about something and you're in your head deciding, should I share this with them? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I should let it out. You know, and then suddenly you're like, I think I can do it. And you let it out. And that when it's received with grace, when you feel that sense of safety, that is trust alive inside of you. And it's a very visceral experience. It's related to your spinal cord and your brain connecting. And that is a really unique thing. And I think God gives us those sensations so that we want to connect further and deeper and continue this relationship. So, so that's a little bit about trust. Uh, I want to talk to you guys too about Brene Brown's seven elements of trust because she's done a lot of research on what uh, trust looks like and what kind of things build and hinder trust. And that's with thousands of research participants. So she's kind of been able to identify what things uh, when people are talking in relationships and living in relationships, identify to the other person that they are trustworthy, if you will. So any thoughts before I move on to that? No, this is I. We we at the beginning of this program we bring up uh, words and we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a cool conversation. And then you bring up all this science, and it's like fascinating that there's all of this, <laughs> all of these these different things that go into these words that that we maybe talk about. Uh, so no, I I don't have anything. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like a little bit of a download, but it takes, you know, a, a whole a full year of study for me to figure these things out to be able to share that with you guys. So <laughs> I do think connecting uh, that biblical perspective with that science is such a powerful thing. It's really cool. And so we want to understand. And again, we will look at some of the elements of trust. So there's seven elements according to Brene Brown. And I'm sure there's imperfections in this theory, but this is simply from research participants talking about their experiences and commonalities found within them. And so we're gonna bring this up multiple times in the coming months. So if somebody doesn't catch all of it this time, don't worry, we'll come back to it. And you can look it up on her website too. Um, so the seven elements according to Brene Brown of trust are boundaries, which I think is interesting that that one comes out first, that there are boundaries involved in trust. I think sometimes as humans, we think the opposite, that real trust is when we have no boundaries or we don't have to have boundaries with one another. But honestly, we just weren't created like that. And especially in a broken world, we were not created for that or to exist like that. With Christ alone is the place where our boundaries drop because he is um, completely and utterly safe and will never disappoint us. But keeping in mind that he's still God of the universe. So he, you know, there's some boundaries in the relationship because we are different um, at, at our base at our core. So boundaries is the first element. Reliability, which showed up in my own definition, um, which reliability is showing up. You know, if I ask something <laughs> of you, you may not have to do that every time, but you're going to show up pretty consistently in my life in various ways. <clears throat> the third element is accountability. So accountability is, um, you know, 
being able to share hard truths with one another. That's the truth of the gospel coming in is accountability. I'm not just going to share love, 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 love. I'm going to share love in truth. You know, I'm not going to be fake. And so that's an important piece of trust. That's real relationship when we can hold each other accountable. The fourth one is the vault, which is one of my favorite. And the vault is really about keeping secrets, uh, but not unhealthy secrets, you know, keeping each other's private stuff private, if you will. And also, this is an interesting thing, keeping other people's stuff private. So if you and I are in trust, I'm not telling you stuff that someone else told me. That's really important. And I think we'll talk about that one a lot more. The, la the last three are integrity, um, which is really about consistency, that I have a consistency of character. And you can see how if we're studying biblically and finding our identity in Christ alone and looking into the word about what he wants for our lives and for ourselves, we're going to be able to show more integrity. We're going to have a strength of character in who we are and respond consistently to someone. They know what they're going to get. Um, and then non-judgment, which we're going to talk about a whole lot, um, and generosity. <laughs> and so there's this, I think this is cool. I think generosity, if you look at it biblically, is really grace. You know, this sense that there's first article gifts, as Andy likes to call them over and over and over again, <laughs> I think to remind me that's what they are. Um, but then also this <laughs> sense of grace in the cross, that I have forgiveness, and so I have been given much and so I can give much to you. And so those are Brene Brown's seven elements. Like I said, I feel like they do ring true a lot with biblically what God has provided for us in this sense of trust. Um, and I think after the break, we're going to talk more about that biblical idea of what God has to say about trust. You're right. Thanks for the reminder. We need to take a break. I was just <laughs> because I was I was still thinking about this as I was reading over them, and we can come come back to this mm -hmm. after the break. Uh, as I was reading over them, I kept hearing the eighth commandment over and over again mm -hmm. as 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 how yep. we build trust when mm -hmm. uh, you know God has given us these commandments to learn about honoring and loving Him and how to honor and love our neighbor as well, and all of these I think. Uh, were some example or related to the Eighth Commandment. We'll continue that conversation, though, here in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. We're talking about trust. We'll be right back in just a moment. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. On Monday's Law and Gospel, we will be examining a reading from the passages chosen for the following Sunday with the intent to learn what the verses say about Jesus and also to be comforted with the gospel message of how the life and sufferings of our Lord provide us with both the forgiveness of sins and the robe of righteousness. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu.
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We're talking about trust, defining trust. Uh, as and Before we went to the break, we were looking at over the, the list of uh, Brene Brown's seven elements of trust. And I have to give a disclaimer here. Just because we reference someone in mm-hmm. who might be an expert in the field doesn't necessarily mean that that we subscribe to everything that, that, uh, that they teach or that they write necessarily. I think she's written a, a very helpful list here, but that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. Uh, that we subscribe to everything that she's she's done, right? Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, that's the same <laughs> is true for me or you or anyone right. that's not Jesus. You know, I right. love that. Yeah. That's a really good reminder. Thanks for, for sure. Like even even <laughs> referencing Erickson and and, and mm-hmm. others uh, who were uh, great scholars in the area of development doesn't mean that we subscribe to mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. So it, Jesus is the one we subscribe to. <laughs> Perfect. I love right. that. And I do think like we're talking about building these definitions and things like mm-hmm. that and these words that we don't really reflect on very often. Like there's such an important component of our life, but we don't reflect on them a lot. And so remembering that, like, that's why we have that biblical foundation. We just go back to it. And when we hear other things from psychology and sociology, we take it in and we wonder, and then we connect it and we see if it works with what God tells us. And so that's where we're going to go next. I did want to reflect on a little bit what you were saying, Andy, about the eighth commandment. So Mm -hmm. The Eighth Commandment is, I think, so often the commandment that we're dealing with most in life beyond the first, you know, and and the first really is the only, it could be the only commandment, if you will. Um, but at the same time, the Eighth Commandment, I think, because we are made to be relationally connected people, I think we see it come up far more often um, mm-hmm. than other commandments and and I think obviously they all like meld in together and overlap and all of that good stuff too. But I I do think it's significant. I think part of the thing is too, we lead with gospel, right? So because we're Christian individuals, because we know the grace of Christ, when we hear commandments, when we tell we hear God tell us to love our neighbor or to uh, not take our neighbors. Um, or not bear false witness, if you will, to our neighbor, not to make stuff up about our neighbor, not to spread gossip about our neighbor, um, not or to assume the best of our neighbor, those different things. Um, we hear that as like such gospel in our lives that builds trust, that builds that sense, remember the internal sense that I am safe in this world. I know that people will disappoint me as I move forward in a broken world, but when we rest back into those places that God has written into his word, that we are going to find a consistency of care from him, I think that is a really important concept. And the reason he gives us the commandments, we aren't able to hold a consistency of character in that integrity on our own. We need God in us and leading us in order to do that. So any thoughts on that before we go? Now, let's dig into God's word before we run out of time. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. You guys are the best. Um, What does God have to say about trust? And I think I wanted to bring up the, I think the, verse we quote the most first, right? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment 
to your bones. And so notice that I took the longer version of that, right? How often do we just quote the first two verses, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? And so Proverbs, important that it's wisdom literature. I think sometimes we get wrapped up in that connection between trusting God and straight paths. I don't know about you, but my paths very rarely feel real straight for the most <laughs> part, you know? Instead, Christ is my straight path, you know, walking with him in whatever mess this world is and, and brings to me each day. Um, that's where I find straightness, if you will. And so knowing that there is this message in this verse that we're to trust in God, you know, people will disappoint and trusting the Lord is the place we want to be. I think the healing is the thing that really popped out to me when I read this. And I don't want people to disconnect the healing that comes when we trust in the Lord um, because we're so busy looking for that straight path. You know, we want things to go right. We want there to be a one right way. And that's very rarely what God offers us. <laughs> very, very rarely. You know, he, I always picture him rolling out a map. I had a professor do this in college. You know, just roll out a map and say, however you want to get to Cincinnati works for me. Um, you know, God doesn't like sin and he's never going to want sin or introduce sin into our life. But at the same time, there's a lot of roads we can take. Um, and so knowing that there's healing in God's, tr the trust of the Lord is really helpful. And the world has a lot we need to heal from, right? Tons. <laughs> and so just turning to him over and over and over that's what trust looks like. The question is, will we always feel trust? Will we always feel that sense of safety? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I think that's part of living in brokenness. Even in our relationship with God, he is perfection. I still live in imperfection. So my sense of the safety that he offers me is always going to be a little bit messed up until Jesus comes back for me. And, and so knowing that, knowing that my sense is not the correct sense, it's not the truth about God. It just is. Um, and being real with him about that, telling him, Lord, I don't feel safe about this thing. Lord, I'm struggling with trusting you in this. Th that's member, the foundation of trust is connection, not perfection. And so just connecting to him, that's where we'll find the healing kind of trust that we're talking about. Any thoughts on that, you guys? Yeah, I was just thinking uh, when you were going through these verses that, that trust can be a very scary thing, uh, hopefully less so with, uh, with trusting in God. Um, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but there's, there's some boundaries, maybe, I don't know, about, we had talked about boundaries earlier, some walls maybe that uh, we have to get through or get over in order to actually build that trust between, uh, between people or, or in our community, because it is, it is a hard thing uh, to maybe rely on a another person. Yeah, it's true. And and we're talking next week about the concept of attachment and early attachments. And I have a podcast coming out tomorrow, too, um, on life, the Life and Relationship podcast, my own podcast, that has uh, Dr. Justin Hanneman, who's a pastor and a licensed clinical therapist in Omaha with uh, Grace Point Relational Health. And he's going to help us understand a little bit why that might be true more for some of us than others of us, what things in early attachment uh, really change the shape 
of the way we experience trust with God because of our relationships that God has entrusted uh, with our care and things like that. And so I think this will start to reveal itself a little bit. I'm hoping our listeners can get to a place where they understand themselves a little bit more as we go forward. You're not, you know, you're not going to get it all in one 30 minute segment, (laughs) if you will. Um, I just wanted to point out, we have very little time left, but that Mm -hmm. God's trust in us isn't dependent on our behavior. And that really is remarkable to me. Um, God trusts Israel time and time again, even though he knows they're going to fail him. Did I say, what did I say? Israel. Did I say that? (laughs) Anyway, God trusts Israel over and over again, right? And they fail him all the time. They turn away from him. We are the same. Um, God still puts his trust in, I think, Christ in us. And that gives me hope. You know, I am going to fail, but Christ in me is what God looks to when he's thinking about trusting me and having a relationship and continuous connection with me. And so that's one reason we want to give Christ to everyone around us, because we want them to have that same sense of safety that we have in God. And when we have that sense of safety, when we know that the God of the universe trusts us because Christ is in us um, and forgiven us and loves us and that grace comes out, then we can move forward into better relationships because we have that as our foundation. He loves us enough to entrust us with various gifts uh, in order to uh, to serve him, to serve our neighbor. He entrusts us with mm-hmm. all, all kinds of things, um, you know, the, whether right, they're right. earthly gifts or or, or spiritual gifts, uh, and, and to be responsible with those as. Uh, as he works in us with those gifts. We are, you're right, we're all out of time. Uh, next week, uh, we continue our conversation on trust, uh, looking at trust and mental health. Thanks so much, Heidi, for joining us for Mental Health Monday. Talk to you next week. Thanks. See you next week. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.